so great to see you all. Can't see you, obviously, physically, but it's great to be able to connect with you um, in this way. We had such a great online service this morning, didn't we? Um, such an amazing word from Pastor Andy, and some of the things I'm going to be sharing tonight are going to be very much connecting um, connecting with that, so it's going to be good. So, um, so if we need to continue to pray for you all during this time, and we're, of course, very much looking forward to... Um, to getting physical gatherings back off the ground very, very soon. Just a couple of things to really uh, particularly mention in that area. So in a couple of weeks' time, we've got our Gather and Build evening. So this series that I started last week and going to be continuing tonight is called Gather and Build, because it's all about us gathering and building for the future. And um, so we, on two weeks, two weeks tonight, Sunday the 9th of May, I can't believe it's nearly May already. Anyway, Sunday 9th of May, two weeks' time, um, at eight o'clock, so the usual time in Sunday night of Sunday night locals, it'll be happening instead of um, this broadcast. Um, we're going to be having a Zoom, a Zoom which is for the whole um, congregation, and the purpose of it is to be a bit of a vision night and to talk about what gatherings going to look like, talk about building team, etc. How you can get involved. So that's two weeks tonight, eight o'clock. Um, you do need to register for that. So um, the details of that have been emailed out in the weekly update. I've texted out the details as well. So. Uh, please get yourself um, registered for that. Once you have registered, then we'll give you the Zoom info. Be, you'll be automatically sent in a separate email with the Zoom details in it. So that, that'll be great. So gather and build, two weeks tonight, eight o'clock. And then the following day, we've also got a in-person prayer meeting. Um, so that's Monday, 10th of May. That's a half past seven at the Parish Hall in Hive. Um, again, pre-registrations necessary. Um, there's already a link on the on the app, etc. And that has a please note that has a maximum of twenty people. That's a limit set by the parish or not by not by us, um, just because of um, COVID guidelines, etc. So, um, but great if you're able to be part of that. That'd be it'd be awesome. So that's half past seven on Monday, the tenth of May. But yeah, gather and build. It's kind of the one I really want to just uh, talk about talk about tonight because it's so crucial for us to kind of just be moving forward uh, with one heart and just with one one mind. Um, you know, as we are one body, as as a body of Christ, as a local, uh, as a local expression, a local church family, um, just, just all for us all just to move forward together. So, uh, please connect with that um, in a couple of weeks' time. That'd be awesome. And you know, of course, we're very much looking forward to gathering again in person. Um, it's just four weeks' time now. So, it's Sunday, the twenty third of May, um, we're going to be running at, th- at three o'clock. So it's going to be Sunday afternoons. Um, at least, at least initially, it's going to be Sunday afternoons until we can go back to Nosewood, which is happening in due course. Um, there's going to be three o'clock, and Kids Church will be running. Ignition will be running. Again, you need to register for that. So all the all the details have been emailed out to you and text that, etc. So it's going to be exciting. So lots of good things, good things coming up. God is God is good. So so we've been talking about gather and build and. What that means as we look at physical gatherings again, of course we have been gathering over the past year. This is not a well now we're suddenly gathering and we've been gathering online. We've just been doing things in a, in a different, in a, in a very different way, of course, over the last year. But we still have been gathering and we've still been building uh, for the for the future. So it's not that those things haven't been happening, but obviously we just haven't been doing them in person, kind of in in a normal way. So we're just excited about about this, and we've been talking about this last week. We talked about how much God uh, loves church. That that church is God's plan A. You know there is no plan B with God. Um, you know the church church is God's plan. God church is God's plan to reach the world. Of course, part of 
the huge part of God's plan was him sending his son Jesus to die on a cross for us and the church was birthed the other side of that and that was God's, God's plan uh, for the world, for the world to be reached. It's been God's plan for the last 2,000 years and there have been amazing churches all over the years as a church body across the world has just done some uh, incredible stuff and missionaries sent all over the world and there's been different parts in history where Christians have been persecuted and they still are, obviously in some parts of the world they've been persecuted in all sorts of different places and you know, lots and lots happened over the last 2,000 years but it's always been God's plan not the, not the religious, sometimes there's been a religious element and people have made it more about buildings or made more about hierarchies and you know, that was never God's plan but the principle of church has always been his plan it's his way of reaching the world, it's his idea Amen. And last week we talked about talked about church that we are family. We talked about what that looks like on a whole church on a whole world level. Sorry, you know that we are the family of God all around the world. But also talked about for us locally that you know the name of our church is Family Church. We're a family church in the Waterside area, and so we are church and we are family. We want it to be a reality to do what it says on the tin for us not just to be well. That's just a nice name, Family Church. No, we want it to be a, a reality that, that that we are church. And we are family all together. It doesn't just mean it doesn't just mean, of course, the church is just for families or for people with kids, etc. It means that we are a church family together. Doesn't matter what your age is, how long you've been a Christian, whatever your background, whatever your ethnicity, whatever your you know kind of financial situation, uh, wherever you've come from, whatever country you were born in. It's it's about that we are family together. We are church and we are family, and we want that to be a reality in our our culture. Amen. And we talked about four different different aspects of that, what that actually looks like to be to be family. That that everyone belongs, that everyone has a part to play, that everyone everyone uh, belongs very much to the church, everyone is welcome. That we always give a huge welcome to everybody, regardless of their, as I said, background or experiences, etc. Everybody is welcome and will feel welcome for part of the church family. Everyone has a part to play, everyone can get involved, everyone can get stuck in, Every, and everyone is valued and, and equally valued amen everyone has a has a purpose and, and a part and can you know can get involved in so many different ways and we and we value and even if they weren't obviously involved in teams they're still just as equally valued because they're, they're valued because they're valued by god amen so we are church and we're family everyone belongs everyone's welcome everyone has a part to play everyone is valued and we very much myself and wendy it's very much our heart for that to be the culture of who we are as a church so that's kind of what we talked about um last week and if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I'd encourage you to do some other stuff. Um, I broke down as well last week. I didn't break down. I broke down. <laughs> that was terrible. I didn't have a breakdown. I broke down some things last, in last week's um, Sunday night local. Um, so, yeah, I'd encourage you to listen to that. Um, yeah, so be good if you didn't get a chance to. So tonight, uh, as we continue to gather and build, continue to talk about this series, what I want to talk about um, is the kingdom of God. And, and the kingdom of God, just to kind of to start with, and just to bring some things out of that. You know, Jesus so often taught on the kingdom of God and and what that what that meant, and kind of the, the culture of the kingdom of God. In Matthew five, six, and seven, Jesus' incredible discourse, what we often call Jesus didn't call it this, but we often call it the Sermon on the Mount. He was on a mountain giving the sermon, and it's recorded in Matthew five, um, six, and seven mainly, and and Jesus kind of goes through the culture. Um, um, of the kingdom and it would have been shocking many of the things that Jesus said would have been very very shocking to those who were hearing it and over and over again Jesus said well you've heard it said this but but I say this so he, what he was dealing with is the culture of the time and saying well this is what you understand the culture to be is what you understand um, 
you know, kind of religion to be, as it was then, or Judaism, of course, as it was at the time. This is what you understand it to be, but this is what God's heart actually actually is. There's a there's a confusion here. There's, there's a disparity here. You know, when it's when we said Jesus said, you know, you've heard it said that you know hate hate your enemies, for example, and, and Jesus is like, no, that's wrong. What I say is love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That would have been totally shocking, you know, to those who who heard it. He talked about how we how we pray and we don't pray to, to show off in front of people and if we if we fast we don't tell everyone about it we just do do it in secret and you know because it's it's about you know our relationship with God everyone doesn't need to to know about it and and the Pharisees the religious leaders at the time were, were terrible for that for doing things in order to look good um, before men whether it was big long prayers or whether it was whether it was fasting and basically showing that they hadn't eaten for ages um, to make people kind of you know be impressed and and Jesus was like no this is wrong. What, what this is what people are doing here but this is what i say should be a reality and he deals deals with different um you know with different things breaks it down you've heard it said this but but i say this this is a this is a reality so jesus there was just talking about the culture of the kingdom and, and the culture of the kingdom is not the same as the culture of the world and that was true then and and, and it's true two thousand years later the kingdom of the culture is, uh, the culture of the kingdom sorry is very much a counter culture so Acts, Acts 1 verses 1 to 3, it says this, In my former book, Theophilus, okay, and this is Acts written by, as you probably know, it's written by Luke, same guy who wrote the Gospel of Luke, and, and this, this is what he's referring to. In my former book, so it's talking about the book of Luke, Theophilus, who's the guy he was writing to, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So Jesus, Jesus died and, and rose again. And then there was a period of time, 40 days, when he was still on the earth before he ascended uh, back to heaven. And he spent that entire period just talking about the kingdom of God and continue to continue to teach on this. And like, this is the most important thing you need to understand before I go away and, and the Holy Spirit comes um, you know the promised Holy Spirit that Jesus said would come before that before that happens I'm just going to spend all this time teaching you about the kingdom and what the culture of the kingdom looks like and, and how it works you know and that was a precursor to a church being birthed in the following chapter after the day of Pentecost as recorded of course in Acts chapter 2 literally the following chapter when the Holy Spirit Jesus ascended back to heaven the Holy Spirit comes and then the church is birthed amen so God's kingdom is an incredible thing has a king which is with Jesus the king of kings and a lord of lords and and is a kingdom and and it's very much counter cultural I mean you've heard it said this but I say this this is what the kingdom of God looks like you need to understand this guys is what Jesus was saying to the people listen ladies gentlemen you need to understand this children you need to understand this is what the kingdom of God actually looks like it's not what you thought it was this this is what it actually looks like Amen. So that's so that's 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 the kingdom of God, and so some different points just to draw out of that is the church is the expression or outworking of God's kingdom on the earth. So we looked at we talked about the church is God's plan. It's been His plan for two thousand years. It's His it's His only plan. There isn't a different plan. There isn't a better plan. There isn't an alternative plan. It is the plan. Is <laughs> is the church? You know, so we've got a responsibility on all of us as as, as believers. You know, let's let's make this work. You know, with, with God's help. You know, it's not, we're not doing things in our own strength. It's about you know what God does through us as a church. Of course, it is. It's not about our own abilities, um, although God will use our own abilities. Okay, but it's about relying on God and what what He does. Of course, but church is is the expression of God's kingdom 
on the, on the earth and you know we need to do everything we can you know to get this get this right because there isn't a different plan you know in 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 the prayer that we often call the lord's lord's prayer you know one one you know famous line in that is let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and that's a that's a, that's a big thing to pray and you know because when we pray that what we should be praying that firstly over our own lives let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven not just oh god may your will be done right across the nations right in our nation right across the nations actually that starts with us it's kind of a little aside but it kind of it starts with us amen that you will be done in me as it is in heaven amen but but we should be praying for god's will to be done in us and and in our nations and across the world for god's will to be carried out and the and church the principle of church is carrying out god's will on the earth it is god's purposes and god god's purpose and and god's way of reaching people you know the church is absolutely unstoppable why aren't you pleased about that we talked about this last week how there are more you know there are more christians on this planet than have ever been in in our planet's history you know that is a, is a reality and, and in the west maybe things are a bit different or maybe not as many people go to church as they as they used to although maybe people just went or many people in the past went for, just for religious reasons anyway um wasn't necessarily always about relationship with god and and but the west has become you know in a general sense more secular but in terms of on a world level you know there are more christians on the planet than there's ever been and you know you don't hear that in the news you don't read that in the papers it's not on the it's on the bbc news headlines but it is a is a reality amen and the church is totally unstoppable people have well you know atheists and, and others have predicted the demise of the church for years but it is just absolutely unstoppable you cannot possibly squeeze it the, and, and squeeze it and stop it and you know the, the reality is in places like china where where the, the more and more the church gets persecuted the, the more and more it grows you know, man will try and man and, and, and the devil who's behind all those schemes, because we know our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? And as it says in Ephesians chapter 6, we know our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but everything that man will try and do, you know, to kind of stop the church and to, to destroy church and destroy Christians and to bring an end to Christianity, the more that's done, um, you know, the more churches churches grow, and that's happening in China and many other, many other places. Well, the church is absolutely unstoppable, and praise God, for that you know people have uh, well predicted the same sort of things about the bible and said well you know the bible's not as is not what it was or it's old-fashioned or it's full of old principles it might have been nice once and you know people aren't going to be interested in it anymore it's still the best-selling book in the world by, by a long long way um outsells any any you know non-fiction books um any any fiction books whatever it might be outsells everything else any other religious texts it outsells them by miles when they when they produce the list of the, the top selling books around the world they don't even include the bible in the list because it's so way ahead when let's say they do a list of the top 10 um top 10 best selling books they just remove the bible from the list because it just would destroy everything else um on the list you know so it, nothing can be stopped the word of god can't be, cannot be stopped and the church cannot be stopped matthew 16 verse 16 to 19 simon where, where, where the disciples were asked about who he was, who do people say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of a living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jodah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The gates of Hades, so it's my hell, will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So Jesus will build his church. Now, of course, we've got a part to play in that. We get the responsibility and the the uh, pleasure and just enjoyment. And, um, you know, it's just amazing that God would choose us and, and use us. Amen. 
you know, we get a part to play in that. But ultimately, it's Jesus who's building his church and nothing can stop it. No hordes, hordes of Satan, no, no people, no atheists or any other religions um, can stop the church growing because Jesus will build it. Hell itself cannot stop it. Amen. Now, the church, the church or the, the church body should look like the head of the body. Jesus is the head of the church. You know, it's important for the for the church to look like the head. Otherwise, you get a bit of a, to use this um, kind of funny analogy, you almost get like a Frankenstein church. What I mean by that is that is the body is kind of, doesn't look like the head. Head does one thing, or thinking one thing, and, and the body looks completely different. And that would be a really weird uh, scenario, you know, if that was a human being or someone like Frankenstein. You know, as Jesus ahead of the church, it's Jesus' intention for the church to, to look, like, uh, look like the head. And to use this in terms of the kingdom, you know, Jesus wants the church to be looking like the king, to be looking like him. As, as the church is the outworking of the kingdom to look like Jesus the king. Amen. You know, if the kingdom and if, if Jesus want, as the king wants the kingdom to look a certain way and it's looking a very different way, there's obviously a, a you know, real disparity there. So that is, that is very much God's heart for us to be led by the king and for the kingdom uh, to look like the king. Amen. And the things that he values and is passionate about. Amen. Like, you know, like winning the loss, the, the, great, the great commission, etc. Praise God. So... That the church is the expression of outworking of God's kingdom on earth. That's point number one. Praise God. So point number two, and this is the thing I kind of really want to kind of hone in tonight, is about the cause of Christ and the cause of his kingdom, the purpose of his kingdom. And the cause of Christ and his kingdom is far greater than any other cause. You know, in the society we live in, there are lots of people who are passionate about lots of different things, you know, whether it's, you know, animal rights and, and those kinds of things. And, um, you know, with lots of, you know, we couldn't list them all because there's loads of things that people feel passionate about and they can be, you know, really, really good things. Um, you know, and people you know, can spend lots of time and money being being passionate about those things. You know, we've got to have a big kind of equality or you know it could be about like I said about animal rights and all sorts of different things that people uh, feel very very strongly about and can get passionate about and, and and those things those things aren't wrong in themselves of course but what I want to say is that absolutely nothing compares to the cause of Christ when it comes to the cause of of, of Christ and, and his kingdom and the outworking of that nothing compares to it amen so what are we passionate about what are we passionate about in in life amen you know, it's God's intention for us to be living on purpose and living for a purpose, to also live eternally minded. You know, this morning, Pastor Andy talked a lot about rewards in heaven, didn't he? And, and the realities of, of, you know, we will be rewarded for what we do in terms of the responsibilities we'll be given, etc. Um, in heaven. We'll be rewarded for what we've done with our life here. Let's be people that live eternally minded. Let's not get caught up in, in the rat race and the, and the culture of our society. Not that all, all of our culture of our society is wrong. I'm not saying that. Okay? But the reality is we're, we're in the world, uh, but not of the world. Let's be eternally minded. Because this little kind of uh, you know, time of, that we're on this earth, 80, 90, maybe 100 years, is just a tiny speck, just a tiny, um, you know, tiny section compared to eternity itself amen let's be living eternally minded not not earthly minded or carnally minded you know and jesus absolutely he knew what his purpose was he knew why he'd come he, he knew what his purpose was um what he'd come to do was was to you know show us how to live to teach about the kingdom as we've already mentioned and of course to die on the cross and and to win our redemption for us to to then be raised from the dead and defeat death and sin 
uh, once and for all. So Jesus was very, very clear on what his purpose was. And Jesus was reiterating this to his disciples over and over again. You know, disciples were very much sold out for the cause. I know there were some issues, and when Jesus was arrested, they were kind of <laughs> ran away. Um, there were definitely some issues going on there. But but essentially, disciples were sold out for the cause. And, and, and when you kind of get to the book of Acts, you kind of see the, the real outworking of that and the amazing stuff that happened through, you know, Peter and, and James and John and and others who have been, been hanging around uh, with Jesus and been part of his ministry um, for that three-year period. They were, they were just sold out for the cause. You know, they didn't worry about what it cost them. They didn't worry about what the effects it were going to be, whether they're going to end up in prison, whether they're going to be tortured, whether they're going to be persecuted, You know what it meant they had to give up materially, whatever, whatever it cost. As far as they were concerned, it was, it was necessary for the cause because they just felt so passionate about it. Amen. I'd really encourage you to watch um, the the Chosen. Actually, if you haven't watched the Chosen, you may have heard a lot about that um, this year. Um, and it's kind of I'm a bit of a lockdown favourite um, in in our house. And it's really really good. It's, it's a series talks. It's it's a series of um, um, uh, yeah, a TV series. Which, but it's, but it's not on TV. It's on on YouTube. Um, just look for the Chosen. Um, just look it up in in YouTube search, and you'll you'll find it. And it's all about the it's all about the Chosen as the disciples were chosen by Jesus and just the interactions they have and, and all the stuff it's just it's a really great picture of how that all worked and, and Jesus heart for the loss of Jesus heart for the disciples and and living out his purpose and then kind of not really understanding for, for quite a while what Jesus was all about and what he'd come to do and and just uh, just putting it all into you know reality um yeah so it's it's really really interesting and I've kind of learned a lot about um well, just just learn some stuff about the culture of the time and just how it would have outworked um, in that scenario. It just brings it very much to life. So that's called The Chosen, so look that up. Anyway, so the reason I said that is because it shows about the disciples, certainly in time, becoming sold out for the cause. You see that with the Apostle Paul himself. And, of course, Paul was persecuting the church, but then was miraculously, um, you know, had a miraculous interaction with Jesus um, on the road to Damascus and had a, you know, was miraculously converted. And then it, Paul then became very very clear in his mind what his purpose was what his cause was that the cause of christ was very much birthed in his, in his heart as he had met jesus it says he had a blinding light he actually became blind it was just such a powerful um, experience and you know and the god then restores his sight acts 13 verses 44 to 48 says this on the next sabbath almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the lord when the jews saw the crowds they were filled with jealousy they began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. And Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. So Paul, a Jew himself, um, and it would also be a Pharisee, you know, very much in the, kind of the religious, uh, religious system uh, of that time. And God rescued him from, um, you know, from that kind of religious oppressive uh, system as he had that encounter uh, with Jesus. And, and of course, the gospel came first for the Jews, but sadly, some rejected it. And that's what's being talked about here. So we had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord commanded, commanded us. I've made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honoured the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed so paul very much knew what his purpose was as he talked about it here it was to bring light to the gentiles and to salvation to the ends of the earth and he was totally sold out for the, for that purpose that he was going to do everything you know 
within his own ability, although of course he was relying on God, but you know what I mean, using the, the talents and, and the natural abilities that God had given them and submitting them to Christ and, and, and then the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to spend my whole life bringing light to the Gentiles and salvation to the ends of the earth. So he was totally sold out for that. You know, do we know our purpose is this deep, deep in our hearts, in our spirits, as we live out for the cause of Christ? Let's be people who are God-pleasers, uh, not man-pleasers, not trying to please other people, not trying to please or please ourselves, but let's be living to please God himself. Be totally sold out for that cause. Be eternally minded, not, not carnally, carnally minded. You know, because one day we're going to have the opportunity in heaven to look back on, on how we lived our lives and we don't want to live with regrets. Amen? I don't want to live uh, with regrets. Think, well, I could have done this and I could have done this and I could have made that choice and I, I could have reached that person and I could have reached that, that community. Let's be totally sold out for the cause of Christ to understand what our purpose is. And like Paul's purpose, it is to bring light light to the Gentiles, to bring the light of the gospel into our, our neighbourhoods, into our families. Amen. To bring salvation. Praise God. Okay, let's continue moving on from this. So point number three, let's be people who are united in that cause. and We're passionate about the cause. We understand the church is the outworking of the kingdom of God. Amen that the church is his cause and it's the outwork of the kingdom, that the cause of Christ is far greater than any other cause that we could be passionate about. And let's be united in that cause. Amen. Now, there are so many different values, as I said, in, in the kingdom of God. And just to use an army analogy, in, in, in the British army, which allegedly is the, the most heavily trained or best trained army in the world, which I'm not sure if that's entirely... Is, is the case or not but apparently that's that said it's the best trained army in the world and they have different different values six values of the of the british army uh courage discipline respect for others integrity loyalty and selfless commitment and they that's kind of the cult they want that to be the culture of the british army that all soldiers you know or, or of course in the, in the navy or the air force as well they understand this that where they're courageous they have discipline they respect others this selfless commitment etc so but we are in an army, not, not, a, not a physical army, but we are in a spiritual army. And Jesus is our commanding officer. Amen. 2 Timothy 2 verse 4, Timothy says, No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but he rather tries to please his commanding officer. And just like the British army has values, even more importantly, the Jesus army has, has spiritual values. Amen. At different values, as, again, it's the culture of the kingdom. Amen. Different things that, that, that Jesus values and are important in the kingdom and their spiritual values for this spiritual army that we're in. And one of those is, is unity, amen, and the power of unity, to be united front, to be united army, amen. That's very much at the core of, of you know, one of the values of Jesus' army, of course, cause love and there's, there's so many different things that we could talk about. Um, but unity is very much one of those kind of core values. John 17, verse 20 to 23, Jesus says this, My prayer is not for them alone. And that was talking about his prayer, because he just previously just prayed for the disciples. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Or that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. So that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So Jesus was praying here for all believers. It's still true for us 2,000 years later that, that we would be one just as he and the Father are one. 
that we would be one, that would be total unity between us and, and saying that this will be a witness to the world. The world will know you sent, what Jesus said, the world will know you sent me and have loved them even as you love me as they are in complete unity. You know, the Bible says that one person could put a thousand to flight, but two could put ten thousand to flight. Again, it's the power of unity. So, are we up for this fight? Okay, I'm talking about a physical fight, obviously. But this, this spiritual fight, this spiritual war that we're in, the spiritual army that we're part of, are, are we up for that? Are we sold out again for the cause? But are we fighting together? You know, there's so much power in being, in being disciplined, to being a being disciple. I don't mean discipline doesn't, God's always discipline, disciplining us, okay? Although, of course, that's true. The Bible says that God disciplines those he loves. You know, if he needs to discipline us, then he will do what's what's necessary. But I'm talking about being being disciples. That's where obviously the word disciple comes from. Of being disciplined disciplined people that we don't get off track. And just like as a core value of the British Army, they're disciplined. They listen to their commanding officer. They don't get off track. They don't have their own ideas of how war should be. You know, if they had if they had a hundred different ideas of what should happen next, or what should, how they should go ahead with a the battle, then obviously there'd be total disunity and total chaos. Let's be people who are disciplined. We're listening to our commanding officer. Jesus and we're all being disciplined being good disciples together the reality is you know that Jesus said you know if you if you're not my disciple um you know if you don't have up your cross and follow me you cannot be my disciple and you know that that is a reality amen about denying ourselves and, and following our commanding officer let's not be people that get off track and think well I, I think we should do it that way and I think we should do it that way no God God knows best <laughs> amen because he is our commanding officer let's be totally united in, in the cause Praise God. And and kind of fourthly, I just want to talk about the joy and the reward of serving. So Pastor Andy talked about this this morning and, and kind of getting stuck in. And I want to talk about the parable of, ta- of the talents and kind of taking seriously the responsibilities that God has given us. As we understand the cause of the kingdom, that church is, is a reflection of the, of, the, of the culture of the kingdom of God. It is the outworking of that. Let's be sold out for the cause, amen. Let's be un- totally united in that cause. Let's be fighting, fighting together, not fighting each other, fighting together, amen. And it's a great witness to the world when, when we operate in unity. But also the joy and reward of serving, of actually living out the reality of us, understanding and being sold out for this cause, but what does that actually look like lived out? But taking, to respond, taking seriously those responsibilities. We all have a part to play in the cause. To use that same kind of a physical army analogy, um, in the army, there are lots of different different divisions. You get those people who are frontline soldiers. You get those who are involved in the medical side. You get those who are involved in communications. You get those who are involved in logistics. Those who are involved in transport, for example. And all those things are equally important. If an army is going to be effective, an army is in a battle. For an army to be effective, all of those different aspects have to work together. If you just had soldiers but there was no communications, then you're going to have issues. If you just had soldiers but they weren't getting fed then obviously that's, that's going to be a problem, for example. Or if, they, if they've got vehicles but they're not getting fuel, that's going to be an issue. So all those different aspects of the army all have to work, all have to work together. You know, and this is true for us. And remember, everyone's valued. Everyone has a part to play. Whatever part we're playing in church, they're, they're all important, but we all need to work together. Um, there's different kind of areas of church to work together, you know, for the cause to really be effective. And for the army of God, the army of Jesus that we're part of, for it to be effective. Amen. So I want to look at the parable of the talents to talk about this, the joy and the reward of serving. Matthew 25, just a few verses on this one. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. So Jesus says again, so he tells a story, one of his infamous amazing parables, tells a story to illustrate a spiritual point. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. 
The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two, two more, but the one who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Not a good idea. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrust me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. So you just literally just returned the one bag. Verse 26, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servants, you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed, did you? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Whoever who has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they do have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside. This seems a bit harsh, but this is the reality of what Jesus, what Jesus said and the point he was illustrating. Verse 30, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping of gnashing of teeth. So Jesus was talking here about taking seriously the responsibilities that God's given us. God's given us all, all, all talents. As God has given us all giftings and, and abilities. Amen. And, you know, we've all got a part to play. I said about the army, whatever kind of, whatever involved in, that all needs to work together for the army to be effective. You know, Jesus said, he who was faithful with little will be faithful with much. There's one who used his ten talents to get ten more, and one who got five to get five more, one who had one talent and just didn't, just didn't use it well. And then, you know, didn't understand the master either because then he was like well i know you harvest where you've not sown you gather where you've not scattered seed he clearly had an issue with the master because jesus wasn't saying the master was even like that but that was that was the man's perception of the master so he just didn't get it at all um there's this a guy in the story about about how it actually worked and how we should use you know the giftings and abilities god's given us you know but there's so much joy and reward in serving amen and you can see the the joy that happens here with these guys the one with the 10 bags gets 10 more and the one with five bags he gets five more and jesus says a well done good and faithful servant you know that is the joy and reward of serving you know when i when i leave this earth and when we all leave this earth and we we meet meet our maker when we meet our creator that's the words i want to hear well done good and faithful servant amen when you look back in your life, as I mentioned earlier, you won't have regrets. You won't think, well, I could have just done this and I could have just done this. You think, no, I was, I was faithful. And, and you hear that from God. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share the master's happiness. This is referring to rewards in heaven. So if you haven't watched Pastor Andy's message this morning, make sure you watch that. So I'm not going to talk a lot about that because it was amazing what he said this morning. And yeah, it doesn't need to be added to. But it talks about come and share the master's happiness. So it's talking about rewards in heaven there will be different wars for um, responsibilities for those of, depending on what we've done on this earth and depending how what we did with our lives whether we were eternally minded or carnally minded you know whether we were sold out for the cause whether we sold out for the cause of his kingdom which of course like i said his church his, his plan his plan a his only plan and no alternative plan amen so there's so much joy and reward 
of serving. So as we go back into into physical gatherings again, let's let's all be people to get stuck in. It's amazing and brilliant if you've got already got signed up and um there's gonna be other teams are gonna be talking about as well that you're gonna get involved in this kind of um you know, you know kind of coronavirus coronavirus <laughs> Um, guidelines kind of get relaxed there's different other teams that we can uh, start and maybe some new teams etc different things that you can get um, involved in as we uh, to be in time we go back to Sunday mornings as well there'll be uh, even further teams again and we can start doing community work and all that kind of great stuff there's gonna be loads that you can get stuck in so let's just be sold out for the cause but you know let's be people who who want to hear that those words from God well done good and faithful servant come and share your master's happiness you this is what i these are the abilities i gave you. this is the time that i gave you and you, you've used it well amen there's a great line in 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 lord of the rings i love lord of the rings um sorry if you don't like lord of the rings at all um but it's it's, it's a really interesting story and written J.R. tolkien who was also good friends with c.s lewis who of course was a christian as well and J.R. tolkien was very certainly very religious anyway and there's a lot of great spiritual truth actually in in the lord of the rings story in the movies Anyway, um, just saying that, there's this one interesting point where, where, where there was an interaction between uh, two of the characters in there and, he, and you know, one, one character is, um, which is Frodo actually, um, one of the main characters, he's kind of not happy with kind of what's going on in his situation, what he's been expected to do and, this is, and um, you know, and what's spoken into his life is well, all we have to do is decide what to do with the time that is given us and you know, it's a great line but there's also great spiritual truth in that. All we have to do is decide what to do with the time given us. It's actually the biggest um, blessing, gifting that God has actually given us is time itself. What are we actually going to do with it? Are we going to be sold out for the cause? Amen. So kind of to summarise tonight, the church is the expression, the outworking of God's kingdom on earth. You know, the kingdom has, has its own culture and its own values and the church is the expression, the outworking of that. It's Far, the cause of Christ and his kingdom, the church, is far greater than any other cause. Amen. Let's be united in that cause. Let's be fighting together. Understand we all have a part to play. Let's have total unity between us. And let's understand the joy and the reward of serving. All we have to do is decide what to do with the time given us. We've been blessed with time. Let's use it well. Let's use it for the, for the cause of Christ. And the reality is there's going to be blessings the other side of that. Because when we get to heaven, there's going to be joy and reward. And even on this earth, of course, you'll get joy. Um, from serving of course we don't have to wait to heaven you know to to enjoy being part of teams and knowing that we are you know kind of moving forward um, with the cause of Christ amen praise God 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 is good the cause of Christ is just an amazing amazing thing let's just carry that carry that in our hearts let's be so passionate and just just sold out for the gospel sold out for Jesus sold out for reaching others for him sold out for the for just seeing church grow and to see more and more people reached and, and lives changed and people set free and, and healed and praise God. His, his cause is amazing. Let's just pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're so, so good. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you, Lord, for this cause that you've left us with. Lord, your kingdom, Lord, and the church, Lord, is in the outworking of your kingdom, Lord God. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the reality of that, Lord. And Lord, how exciting, Lord, that we, and what an amazing responsibility that we get a part to play in that. And I pray, Lord, we'd just be so sold out for that cause, Lord God. And all the things that we could be passionate about in life, and a lot of those things are good things, Lord God, the thing that we're most passionate about, Lord, is your cause. And seeing your kingdom grow, and seeing your church grow, Lord God. Lord, you're seeing your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thank you that you will build your church. Nothing can stop it. Your church is completely unstoppable, unbreakable. 
Thank you for the truth of that. I pray there'll be such a unity, Lord, of purpose and belief, Lord, between us all. Lord, I pray we'll just, Lord, know your purposes for our lives, just like the Apostle Paul understood it was to bring light to the Gentiles. Lord, do use us to bring light, Lord, to our world. So we're all in different dynamics and different worlds and different communities, different friendships, different relationships. Lord, use us for your glory to bring light, Lord, to the Gentiles, bring light, Lord, to our areas, the light of your gospel. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we, as we get stuck in and we go back to um, start having physical gatherings again and get involved in teams and, and different aspects, Lord, we will know the joy and the reward of serving. Lord, that's kind of those it's ten talents or five talents or whatever you've given us, to use that analogy of that story. Oh God, we will use them well. Lord, we'll use our time well, Lord. Lord, we will decide what to do with the time given us and we will do that well. We'll use it for your glory. We'll use it for your purposes, Lord. We don't want to live back with regrets. We don't want to live at the end of our lives, Lord, and look back and think, well, if only we'd done this for you, if we'd only we'd done that. Lord, we want to live our lives well, Lord, sold out for you. And I thank you for the rewards in heaven, Lord, for serving you, Lord God, for making you a priority in our lives. Lord, may we be totally eternally minded and not earthly minded or carnally minded. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that we get the privilege of being involved in the cause of Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I trust that that's spoken um, into your life tonight. We'll be talking about Gather and Build again next Sunday, um, 8 o'clock. And then, of course, as I mentioned, two weeks' time, we've got a congregational Zoom to really talk about vision of uh, going back to physical gatherings, what that's going to look like, and vision for the future and, and building team, etc. It's going to be it's, it's going to be great. So that's two weeks' time, 8 o'clock. Don't forget, you need to get registered for that. You can find a link on the app. It's been emailed out, texted out. We've given you all the information um, you need, but you do need to... Uh, register for that in advance that'll be uh, that'll be great um, but have a really blessed week and yeah and yes we look forward to seeing you in person very very soon